Hello and welcome to the Solak Rundown, where we talk about Nick Solak a whole lot, and maybe other things, but mostly just Nick Solak. Uh, Nick Solak. I'm Max Solak, joined tonight by Mike Solak. Good Solak. Good Solak to you. Uh, so he's a 183 WRC Plus hitter as of 8.15 p.m. That seems pretty sustainable. I think we should start planning our trips to Cooperstown. Um. He has got the highest batting average of position players on the team at 364, uh, slugging percentage of 818, and currently with an ops of 1.235. Okay, well, we have updates. It has gone down. He's now oh. only slugging 750. Oh, then cutting. Yeah, drop him. Uh, three games, but they've been three pretty fun games. Oh, he's absolutely. Got a, he's got a hit in his first three games. Got a good shot at tonight, considering it's still Chicago's pitching staff. Oh. How about that sweet lettuce he's rocking? I'm, <clears throat> I'm happy with everything so far in Solectum. <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of fun. Just you call up the, the young folks and you let them do things. I, this It's fun. Willie Calhoun is still mashing. He had another dinger. Uh, is that what thirteen? I think he's up to thirteen on the season now. Something like that. That's not right. Yeah, it sounds right. And he's came into the game today with a two ninety five, three thirty eight, five sixty eight line. I'll take it. Now That's for it. him, that does seem sustainable. For Cal for Calhoun, yeah, I I like it. That's a um, a three win season if he plays the whole year. That's, that sounds about right. You know, you're not getting anything from him on defense. If you if you could combine that bat with a, a more interesting defender, you're talking about a pretty pretty dang good play. That's like Shinsu Chu. So, in terms of overall value, yeah, give or take, like good Chu, which is most Chus, I think. I don't know. I just want a heavy dose of the young guys from here on out. Yeah, bring them up. Let's see what we got. Uh, you know, Heineman's getting a chance to play pretty much every day. Last few games, you know, he may not be uh, a star, he may not be a, a core piece going forward, but the guy who's been hitting the absolute cover off the ball at AAA, you call that dude up and just l- see what happens. If that guy turns himself into a big leaguer, if he turns himself into a, a core player, fantastic. If not, whatever. <laughs> like, it's more interesting watching that than it is watching uh, fill in the blank for. 32-year-old retreads that will likely be signed. Like Astrobel Cabrera, for example. Right. I'd right. much rather watch a Scott Heineman than an Astrobel Cabrera or Logan Forsyth or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kevin had a had a, his kind of a projection of a roster next year. It was interesting because there was no uh, Forsyth and there was no Hunter Pence. And I think that you know, maybe the time has arrived where it's time to just go with the young young guys instead of trying to sign someone to just get you through to the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have no problem with that. Yeah, Texas is in a great place this season where it could roll some dice and see what came up. And they, they rolled the dice on several guys. But in terms of bats, four, I think, are pretty interesting to talk about. And, <coughs> ouch, Pence, Forsyth, Cabrera, and Danny Santana. And two of those ended up being big wins. One of them, a win that potentially could pay some dividends for Texas next year and the year after in Santana. One that, in theory, would have turned into a good trade chip. But like we talked about last time, Texas apparently valued Pence's contributions to the team and to these young players right now more than it did whatever 
like Lotto guy they were getting back. So that's a win. You have to call that a win. He's been fun. He's been a lot of fun. He got the walk off last night. And, if you and, give one walk off in a season, I consider it a win. Like that, the year that Jose Trevino played like three games but walked off on Father's Day. Oh yeah, that, that was feel good moment of the of the year. That's a full win of a season. Yeah, I, I don't care about anything else. That's fun. Um, and then obviously Forsyth has been a a useful bench player here. You know, he's been acquitting himself about as well as you'd expect a thirty something bench guy to acquit himself. Uh, and Asherbrook Cabrera got cut to make room for younger guys because there wasn't any kind of long-term big money investment. So you can just move along. Texas is a great place to do that this season. It worked out pretty well. I think next year there's some young players that you're wanting to see, so we're probably going to see fewer of that kind of reclamation sign, at least in terms of bats. I'm hoping that Solak has a place on this team for more of next year. Maybe Heineman does. You're expecting to see Willie Calhoun play not 50 games but 150 games next season i think oh absolutely barring injury <clears throat> yeah he should be playing not in and not out he's yeah. on this team he should never never go back down i mean obviously he could have a rookie type regression that might dictate that but uh no he's he's shown that he belongs here um the way he approaches every at bat he has really good pitch recognition which is really fun to watch he doesn't try and just swing for the fences every time like an Odor does. He 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 sprays it to all fields. He'll 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 hit it the opposite way when the opportunity presents itself, and that's <clears throat> that's a major league player. And and I think that he's going to be a lot of fun to watch around here for a really really long time. He also has this sort of distinctive way of yanking like sort of almost like soft line drives out to right field for home runs that I find very endearing. I don't really get it. He just sort of doinks and things go 350 feet and turn into dingers, and I, I kind of love it. Oh, I love the opposite field home, home run. It's just sheer power. I, I just I love that. You know, I, I, dead pull hitters, <clears throat> there's there's really not much of a place for him in this game anymore unless you name Joey Gallo and you dead pull 50 home runs a year rocking a 1.1 ops. So... Well, I, and I was referring more to Calhoun's, like, when he yank pulls balls that really should not be home runs, but he still gets them out. Yeah. Like, he just does that, and it's kind of cool. And I'm looking forward to watching more of it. Selak went oppo for his first one, right? When that's a right center mm-hmm. bullpen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he, he tried to pull one, and it went to the warning track, and, and he said that, I don't know who it was, but someone else in the team said, hey, track going the opposite way, and it worked. He Welcome to Arlington, one, buddy. Yeah, just took one piece of advice and boom. <clears throat> He's now uh, 499 short of uh, a Hall of Fame career. Yep. Whoever said that, uh, make them a coach, by the way. Just hire them <laughs> now. <laughs> just transition them already. Um, uh, it was the bat boy. <laughs> I'm fine with that. That's Give him a job. Well, a different job. Uh, well, uh, I think we can safely skip talking about Ariel Harado, who's currently given up five runs through three and a third innings. So let's talk about actual pitchers who are fun. Uh, we got, what, two innings of Joe Palumbo before he got hurt? Was it even that? Was it that? Was it that two? he pulled in the second, maybe like one and two thirds? One and uh, a third. Yeah, not great. <clears throat> yeah. No. Uh, and, and I really feel for the guy because he just said he was just pouring with sweat. I mean, the, the conditions were just brutal, you know. Midday game, you know, upper 90s, probably 110 degrees on the field, and he couldn't get his hand dry. I mean, this 
dry his hand off and immediately starts sweating again. And I think that really con uh, contributed to the uh, the blister that he got on his hand. And he said he could feel it coming and there was just really nothing he could do about it. So that was a no-win situation for him. Fine. Bring on the Palumbo Dome. I'm okay with it now. Yeah, this, this is the... We, we, we built this house for, uh, for Joe Palumbo. And so next year... It'll be 72 degrees. JD will install a uh, dehumidifier just in case to make sure that uh, Joe's thumbs are a-okay. But they, oh, they, said it was, they said it was a quarter-sized blister. Man, that just that oh. sounds awful. Okay, Rangers Facebook is absolutely dragging this New York boy for not being able to pitch in the Texas heat, right? Someone has made that take. I didn't. You, I'm not the first person to do it, right? Oh, God. Someone has to. Like, Come on. You know it. You know, that's percolating uh, yeah. through some secondary beat writers' heads. Someone wants to write that take. Bet that it's sounds, on that Facebook like, somewhere. That sounds like a Mac Ingle take. Ooh. Spicy. <laughs> Spicy like mayonnaise and a mashed potato. <laughs> wow, is that an Alabama saying? No. You just I made that not. up. God, I hope not. <laughs> I'm learning more and more that there are more Alabama sayings than I can possibly track down. Oh, all sure. bad. Yeah. Although I had a woman from California use the expression pillar to post like seven times in a, I don't know, two-minute conversation. It's very uh, odd. It's very affectation-y. Good staying, though. Yeah. I'll take it. I'm not sure what it means, but okay. <laughs> Hither, thither, here and there, place so, to place. So to speak. Something like that. But yeah, the abbreviated Joe Palumbo outing uh, has, it looked like, turned into an extended Brock Burke presence. And that seems fun. Best start for a Rangers pitcher since, like, was it 2002 or something like that? It was insane. I mean, just absolutely insane. To get thrown into the fire like that where he's having to face Mike Trout, Pujols, Otani... And first time he gets Mike Trout, and he, he mentioned Trout by name before the game, saying, yeah, I, I, I've got to face Mike Trout. And mm-hmm. the yes, first, you do, son. The first at bat, it was a broken bat, bat uh, weak dribbler between first and second, and um, I forget who was playing first, maybe on him. He just ran it to the bag himself. And then the second time, he goes and strikes out Mike, Mike Trout. And I was like, this kid's for real. And just the look on Trout's face as he walked away from that strikeout was like, what was that? I just, it, it, it just warms the heart. Now, we know that this guy doesn't have a, a torp ceiling. It, you know, you hope that he could become a number three, maybe a number two. But he was a lot of fun to watch. He was very composed, went right after hitters. It's, it's just kind of like watching a Colby Allard, but with a little bit better results. Uh, I would like a steady dose of those two until Palumbo's thumb is healed, and then and then we can launch uh, Harado into the sun. <laughs> yeah, um, so six scoreless. Yeah. Uh, he's the only lefty to do that for the Rangers. Uh, a bunch of articles were discussing a pitcher named Brian Sikorsky, who in 2000 threw six scoreless in his major league debut uh, for Texas. 
And uh, part of me was like, man, should I know who Brian Sikorsky is? I don't yeah. really remember him. And I looked it up, and he pitched like in 10 games for Texas that season and then was out of the big for the next six years. Nice. He did yeah. return. He pitched a little bit with, uh, looks like, the Padres and Cleveland. Pitched sounds 30 like games a, in 2006 and then never pitched again. Sounds like injury troubles. Something. 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 Because I don't remember that name at all. Uh, looks like he was in Japan in between 01 and 06. So, anyway, we're going to hope that Brock Burke is considerably more memorable than Brian Sikorsky in 19 years. So, I'm going to bank on the fact that he will be. I'm tune just gonna in, go in and say it. 2038, and we'll have we'll the final answer for you. Brock Burke is going to have, he's going to throw 160 innings next year. They're going to they're going to limit his pitch count somewhat just because he, uh, He's been pitching in the minors. I'm gonna say he's gonna go. Say he's gonna go 12 and nine in the season, and um, and then on, on from there. Just go ahead and pencil it in. All right, I'm gonna pen it in. Just there you go. I can. I'm bold like that. There you go. Um, really nice debut though. Uh, Trout went 0 for three against him. Burt just looked like he he felt comfortable up there. Uh, it was good. It was a good watch. Um, he's. Nice and slick on the mound. It was everything that you, I think you could have possibly wanted from uh, one of Texas's top pitching prospects making their big league debut. Come out there and toss six scoreless and look unfazed by the best player in the game. Yeah, the only shame was that uh, that he didn't uh, get the win. That mm-hmm. they just came back and tied it up, and we had to do another walk off. But hey, it that made for one exciting series. Let me tell you, three walk offs against the Angels. We just love to do that. I remember there was another season recently where we had three walk-offs in one series against, but I think it was three in three games. Trying to remember. Does that ring a bell with you? Yeah. uh, Oh, man. It might have been 16. That sounds right. That was the crazy one. It was early in the season. It was was like May or June, if I recall correctly. But, yeah, Uh, I I hate the Angels, so, yes. I'm always for that. I love watching um, 48-year-old Albert Pujols um, trying to leg out a double. It's really, really funny. They're going to give him a walk. He stole a base. Yeah. It was very weird. Yeah. He, he runs like an old man now, though. If you watch him, it's just pathetic. And they've got, what, three more years of him? I think so, yeah. It was yeah. 2013, by the way. Oh, wow. Three consecutive walk-offs, July 29th through 31st, uh, home runs by, was this Giovanni Soto? Oh, my. Oh, Giovanni my. Soto, Leonis Martin, and uh, uh, and Adrian Belter. I'm not sure who that is, but Giovanni Soto. I think it's uh, Beltre. Oh, Beltre. I'm sorry about that. We can, we'll fix it in post. Okay. Uh, Giovanni Soto, obviously Ranger legend, really loves getting him behind the plate. The rookie of the year with the Cubs, if I remember right, and then obviously had a storied career in Texas. Uh, and then, actually, I, I legitimately did like Leonis Martin. But uh, what a time to be alive. <laughs> July 29th through 31st, thirteen. Leonis, was a, he was a good player. I mean, he was a good center fielder for sure. But mm. I just, <clears throat> the, the hype train for him, I thought he was going to be the second coming. I yeah, I, we really I wonder how different Rangers fans' impressions of Leonis Martin would be if people just didn't know about didn't have any of that prospect type on him. 
if he had just come up and been that slick fielding, big arm center fielder who hit enough to not embarrass you for a couple of seasons, I think people would have been a lot happier with him. But folks kept expecting him to turn into like Andrew McCutcheon or something, and that uh, that was not going to happen. Well, JPM, I mean, he's already suffering the same fate in the minors. Yep. I think we all expected a lot more from him, and and you know, he just seems fringy at this point. Yeah, there was sort of a run there of the more advanced Cuban prospects coming up to the the bigs and really just tearing it up. And I think people got a little too accustomed to the idea that that was just how it was supposed to be. Right. Uh, it turns out baseball is incredibly hard, and most people are very bad at it. There you go, Nick Selak. I got a leg. That's going to be an infield hit, I think. Nice. Just a chopper straight at the middle. Uh, I know the throw did take a brave off the bag, but I think that might be a hit. I think he's trying to leg out an infield single. He should take off his cap and slide head first and let his hair touch the bag before the uh, tag. <laughs> yeah, just, just what I want is my young guys uh, sliding head first into first all the time. I'm just saying that hair, it's piled up high, let me tell you. It is kind of stacked up up in there. It is. It is. As opposed to uh, Brock Burke, who, who looks like Ooh, an yeah, extra he's... in a prison movie. <laughs> Or he looks like uh, he's in a, a war movie, just uh, heading off to Iraq. It was like it. It looks like he, maybe he's the kind of guy who says, "I really do not want to worry about my hair while I'm playing, and so I'm just going to keep it super crop short, and I'll grow it out in the off season or something." Uh, it looks like a, a very in between kind of haircut for Brock Burke, but whatever whatever works for him, he needs to just keep doing it. Yes, whatever makes him feel good. If it makes him feel good for me to cut my hair, I'll consider it. I'll take. I'll do it for the team. Of course, you know, with my thinning uh, hairline, it's it's not really that big of a a promise to make. We're not getting a big old locks for love donation out of you. No, no, not really. Yeah, I'm not gonna wig it up. I guess that's okay. Yeah, every little bit counts. <laughs> I say, watching Love Logan Forsyth at bat. Every little bit counts. <laughs> yeah, Logan Forsythe. I guess in the end, he's kind of what you wanted from a utility guy over the course of the season. You know, he kind of mm-hmm. overperformed early. We've talked about this, but uh, I'm really tired of seeing him at this point. He's just taking bats away from other young kids, and I just. I would like I would like to see him just go walk off into the sunset. Yeah, I really wouldn't mind Forsyth just turning into Eli White or whatever. Just let him exactly. for the rest of the season. Like exactly. Eli White may no be may you know, may end up being considerably worse than Logan Forsyth, who has been a good major league baseball player at points during his career, but eh. He's Regardless, not gonna be around when this team is good. No. But Burke, hopefully Colby Allard, hopefully Joe Palumbo. Uh, and another guy, well, there's two other guys who I think are pretty worth talking about. Uh, one is the guy who picked up the win in Brock Burke's start, uh, and that was Emmanuel Classe, who was asked to go no, the 10th no. and 11th innings. Was it? Yep. I'm, uh, oh, I'm getting my walk-offs confused. Yeah, so Jonathan <laughs> was Wednesday night. Yeah. yeah going there next. Yes, yes. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, so obviously we've talked about Classe quite a bunch on here. It's been fun seeing him actually in the bigs and, and seeing what – had all the prospect folks so excited about him. Uh, that's some nasty stuff. I would not want to be in there. Went two innings. Didn't seem to bother him at all. Tenth and eleventh innings. And obviously, this is uh, a, not a particularly successful team against a team that's slightly worse than it. But that's still a lot of pressure for a rookie. Oh, and, of course it is. And there's and still some matchers on, on that team. 
Mm-hmm. And there's still some mashers on that team. Oh yeah. 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 No, he he he's already shown that he belongs. You know. Um, well, not, not ready to call him the second coming. Uh, he's got really flashy, brilliant stuff. Um, I think with some refinement over the course of the season, I would say that 2021, I mean, you could be looking at a big league closer and a lockdown one at that. Well, and I guess it was a, it's a little unfair. Yeah, he came in that Angels game in the 10th inning, and he faced, you know, Cole Calhoun, David Fletcher, struck out Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, struck out Anthony Bamboom, and then uh, Albert Pujols. So it's not like he faced any good hitters in there. No. Uh, no, just, oh, okay. wait, these are good hitters. Never mind. Other than Albert Pujols. <laughs> uh, so that's been fun. And he's been getting some national love. There was another article about um, uh, Class A and his uh, his breaking pitch, his like low nineties oh. thing, and his cutter. He has like the hardest thrown cutter in the game right now, and it's oh, yeah. pretty fun. Uh, but people are really appreciating his slider thingy. It's not doesn't seem like it's truly a slider, but it's also not a curve. It's also it's a like slurve. It's like ninety one miles an hour, which is kind of stupid for a slurve, but. It's fun. Nolan was like that, though. I mean, his I think his uh, his curveball was around ninety miles an hour. Ugh. Yeah, that's a that's a nice uh, lazy comp to toss out there. Ah, you know, it reminds me a little bit of Nolan Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure. I think that's a, that's always fair. Uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, Classe was not the only uh, young gun rookie. In a, put in a position to pick up a win because of walkoffs, but uh, John Hernandez has made his way to the bigs and announced himself in some style, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's just another kid that gets, goes out there and just goes about his business. And And it was really funny watching... Did you, did you watch this game? Uh, the one yesterday? Yeah. Uh, I did not see the beginning. I did not watch the, but you the, saw the inner part. Yes. Okay, so it was really, really funny watching the walk-off and everyone mobbing Hunter Pence... And so everyone's just kind of standing there. They've all been jumping up and down and starts to kind of calm down. And you've got Jonathan Hernandez in the middle with this kind of sheepish look on his face like, doesn't anyone want to hug me? <laughs> and then right at that point, Hunter Pitts came up and just gave him a big old bear hug. And it was like, this, this, is, this is yours, buddy. You know? Also, props to Pence there for doing the uh, the old man thing being like let me find that rook who just picked up a win single him out any attention I saw a, uh, an interview with Pence on Twitter um, while I was watching the game earlier today and he did that he said yeah these walk-offs are fun but it was our bullpen that kept us in these games that gave us the ability to do this and I think that they they're getting enough of the spotlight I, he's just he's just he's the perfect guy he's the perfect teammate he's just you know, self-deprecating, always giving credit to others, and it's just—I don't know. I, we've talked about this before, but I just—I had no expectations of Hunter Pence coming in. Didn't really like the guy just because he was a giant that you know won a World Series when we didn't, and he's—he's he's been, you know, outside getting to see the young guys. He's been my favorite player to watch this year. Just. Um, just the way he goes about his business, his his craziness, his Twitter stuff, his wife's Twitter stuff. 
he posted that his wife is already talking about Halloween costumes, and that made me laugh. He's just <laughs> he's just an overall good guy, and and I hope I hope he lands somewhere where he's got a good situation, where he's given the opportunity to uh, you know compete for a, another title. The old guys they, they always deserve it. You know he's he's not old old. You know he's thirty six, but obviously his days are numbered. And yeah, I, I thought we were going to give him that opportunity by trading him. Didn't work out, but I wish nothing but the best for him. And and. If they chose to bring him back with a 26-man roster, if you could fit a Willie Calhoun and a Hunter Pence into a lineup, I'd be cool with that. Wouldn't be the worst thing I've ever heard of. No, because uh, this is a guy. I think that you're going to see him. You know, he's he's going to be a manager, and it's probably not going to take him just a real long time to get there. He's he's just he's got everything you want in that. He really uh, he really supports the youth movement. Um, he talks about the energy seeing these guys and getting to do things for the first time and how cool that is. It, it just, he, he reminds me of, of Woody in a lot of ways. He's just, you know, he's a, he would be a good players coach. Um, and, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't mind having him on our, our staff. I, I, and I kind of am just mentally transitioning something here and that you mentioned Woodward, and I think it's kind of – good that I have not thought about Chris Woodward in like months at this point um, I I think that you there's a sort of truism that the more you it's sort of like the, um, the referees and something the umpires if you're if you're thinking about those guys something's gone wrong it's like the old offensive lineman thing if you know the name of the left guard when you're watching a game it's probably because he's pulled a bunch of false starts or holding penalties the fact that I don't really think about Chris Woodward very often, uh, and that when I do, it's pretty much just positive stuff. When someone puts out another article about work he's doing with young guys or whatever, that I think is uh, nice. Woodward is doing what uh, I imagine you really want from a, a baseball manager. He's not making a scene. He's not doing lots of stupid stuff. I'm not sitting here second-guessing all the bullpen decisions. Uh, shout out Brian Snitker. What's up, Braves? Uh, that's been kind of nice. And I think what we're seeing from the coaching staff from, from Woodward and Julio Renhell and Luis Ortiz has been excellent this season as well. Uh, there's a couple of notable guys who are you know, not really doing what you want them to do, but we're not going to talk a lot about No More Mazzara and Rignetta Dory again tonight. No. We're seeing that from other guys, and we're seeing, I think, really good buy-in. Yeah. Yeah. And nice. the, the biggest success story obviously being Joey Gallo. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they figured out how to turn him from a – Three true outcomes kind of guy. Yeah. Into fun, good, but f- seriously flawed. Into fun, great, just MVP <laughs> candidate. Yeah, yeah, and and that gives you a lot to go on next year. And if they can take these these new young kids and you know bring them along in the same manner, because these guys have potential. You know, it, it's 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 funny when you know last year, you know, we were hanging our hat on. Isaiah Connor Falefa. Yeah, he was the young kid and, and, and he did bring some excitement, but no one's mistaking him for Mike Trout. And and this year we're actually getting legitimate major league ready prospects that are that are coming up and and um, the sky's the limit for some of these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's obviously delayed with Calhoun given his just weird roster screwery, but He's been given a chance to play, and he's been one of the team's best players while he's been doing that. So he's totally been that. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and you'd see the maturity with him. I think that um, some of the credit should be given to the coaching staff there where he's, he seems less of a kid and more of just a, a guy who's an everyday player on a, on a major league team, you know. Uh, I'm I'm I've stopped thinking uh, for a while there. Whenever a new guy comes up, I try to tune into all their at bats. I'm like really paying a lot of attention to. It. I'm looking for little things to be excited about, and I've found myself not doing that as much with Calhoun over the last I don't know two weeks. He's just kind of a guy. He's part of the team at this point to me. I'm a little less. You know, some of the the, the shininess has gone off, and I just expect him to be good. As opposed to being like, oh, it was a good swing, buddy. Like, I, I'm excited anyway. I'm excited to be here. Um, he's he's just a guy. He's out there. He's on the team. He's been very good, and I'm still very excited about him. He's one of the better players, and so I pay attention when he's at the plate. But uh, that's kind of nice that he's – I think, especially from a national perspective, you're not going to find anybody talking about Willie Calhoun, and I don't know why they would. He, you know, he's, This is not a guy who's in an MVP conversation. He has a, a good bat on a struggling team. But this is legitimately one of the you know the, the more interesting hitters in the American League right now, and that's very very cool to have. Yeah, I mean he's got 13 home runs in 50 games. Yep. You know, triple that for 150 uh, games played in the season. That's 39 home runs. Mm-hmm. That's that's something. That's that's not a utility guy. That's not you know those are numbers that make Mazzara and Odor cry. Yeah, yeah. If, even if we're talking about a guy who's looking like a mid 30s power. That's fantastic. <laughs> like, that's really good. Um, give it to him. Even even in the the higher home run environment, I think I'm yeah. I might be talking on my butt here, but if, if I remember right from looking at numbers, uh, the home run surge is really affecting a lot of guys in like baseball's middle class. So you have lots more dudes who are hitting like 15 to 25 home runs, where they you used to maybe hit like five to 15 home runs. Uh, you know, we're not seeing we haven't seen a 60 home run season since um, Bonds, right? Because Stanton hit 59, he, he fell just Correct. short. Correct. I don't think we've had one since Bonds. <clears throat> since uh, steroids were actually Yeah, we had legal. several there with the, the Bonds, Sosa. Because um, Sosa did it like, how many times did Sosa do it? Three? Yeah, he's like right. one of the most. I think he's the most of any player for 60 home run seasons, um, which is wild to think about. But we're not seeing that. So a guy who has 35 home runs is not simply a product of the run environment. That is a power hitter who is doing a good job. True. Uh, and that's what Willie Calhoun looks like. Um, I wouldn't, this is not a guy who I think is, uh, you know, in your, that didn't Elvis hit like 20 a couple of years ago? He did. And it was very strange. It, it uh, was. Yeah. And we all thought this is how Elvis is going to be from now on. Yeah. Let's not. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah, although he did hit a big old dong tonight, so uh, that's fun. I do, I do like it when Elvis knocks one out. Every time he hits a home run, he uh, he has the reaction of a guy who hits fifty a season. He's just like, yeah, of course I hit it like five hundred feet. That's what I do. I'm Elvis Andrews, the second coming of Barry Bonds. I'm Elvis effing Andrews. Yeah, yeah I love it. <laughs> He's, he never looks like surprised or happy. He's just like, of course it went a thousand feet. That's what I do. I am the game's preeminent power hitter. They were talking about him on the on the ticket. Uh, I think it was this was yesterday, and just because of his longevity with the team, I mean, he's he's already rising up the charts rapidly for career stats for for Rangers. He's going to be he's going to be the new Michael Young. He's going to own 
every statistical category except for home runs at some point, I think. It's just... And then, we're talk, again, we're talking as a Ranger. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's going to be a 3,000-hit guy like Beltre, but, but he's probably going to own the record for the most uh, hits by a Ranger. It's just he's Mr. Baseball. He's a good ambassador. The hell of a shortstop. I mean, this team has floundered at the shortstop position for decades, and it's so nice to have stability at that position and not have to worry about it. Does he occasionally make the bone, the occasional bonehead play? Sure, but... But night in, night out, he usually brings his A game on defense. He's, uh, quick math, 539 home uh, hits, not home runs, behind Mike Young. So he's 222 runs behind Young. Uh, plate appearances, he is second only to Young by about, looks like 1,200. Yeah, he's got several years left in him. He's going to keep doing this kind of thing. Yeah, if they make him a Ranger for life, you know, as long as he exercises his option this offseason, which he'd be crazy not to given the year that he's he's had. I don't think that he's going to command $15 million a year in the open market, um, especially when you're on the wrong side of 30. But it, there's nothing wrong with his, with his game as far as his defense goes, and, and he's a fan favorite. I just really, really, really wish he would get rid of Baby Shark as his walk-up song. <laughs> Oh dear God! I can be watching a game with my daughter, and that walk-up music starts, and she's like, "Oh God, there it goes again." Uh, hey, look, uh, I would say if it's working for him, let it keep going. This season has not been one to write home about offensively for Mister Andrews, so maybe uh, the off-season is the time to workshop some new walk-up music. No, but he's he's batting. Again, you know, I haven't updated since the game started. He's batting 282 this year. He's 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 fine. 320 on base percentage. That's fine. I mean, from it's a, a little short stop league average, yeah. Yeah, but a short stop. That's that. And that's, he is running. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he's got 25 stolen bases, only six caught stealing. I believe it seems he like he leads he's, the American. I think he leads the majors, doesn't he? I know he leads the American League in steals. Really? Except no one's stealing this season. The Rangers are like, I think they have the most steals in baseball. Wow, that's not something I've been paying attention to. That that is fascinating. Yeah, it's bizarre. Uh, I'm pulling it up now. So he leads. No, he is second and third in the American League. Nope. Wow. Fourth. I misread something. Yeah, 25 steals. Um, That puts him seventh in all of baseball. But only six cut stealing. It seems like in past years, he's just made more bonehead moves on the on the base pass. Just seems like he's he's. He's a smarter runner this year, and while we're just we're just talking about stats, uh, the fact that Delano DeShields has gotten his batting average up to two sixty one in the season, I think is a major win. Uh, you know, I love the guy, love his speed, love his athleticism, and he struggled hard at the beginning mm-hmm. of the season. And the fact that he's been able to bring it up that high, uh, it's, a, it's a it's a victory for the season. Yeah, and he's still getting on base well. Uh, yeah, three forty-eight. That's nothing to sneeze at. No. It, they, you know, his lack of pow- complete lack of power this season, which sucks because he was at one time viewed as sort of a sneaky power speed guy. Um, he, he, people were like, yeah, he's he's very athletic and he seems to to get something out of these swings. And yeah, he's not going to be a you know a, a power guy, but he's going to hit you a couple of home runs. 
Um, and he's definitely going to make the, the advantage of his speed in terms of uh, turning things into doubles and triples. And that has just not been the case for him. So his, his like WRC plus is 85, pretty much just because of slugging is garbage. But I'll take a 350-ish OBP from a guy who can steal bases the way he can. He's got 20 steals on the season. He's only been caught five times. Uh, he's walking almost 11% of the time, and he's striking at 25.5% of the time. Delano DeShields has been the guy this season that I think we had kind of hoped he would be for the last several years in terms of that is a, a, a startable center fielder. He's playing good defense. He's a, an obvious weapon on the base pads. And a 350 OBP, even with limited power and limited batting average, a 350 OBP is good. It's well above the major league average. It's, I think, around 330 still. So take it. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a placeholder until Leody Tavares is ready, and we all know that. And that could be coming sooner rather than later. Um, he's really been having like, a good run of it. I really like what he's done with his bat this season because he's been quite a disappointment in that on that side of uh, his game um, for the last few seasons. Where yes, he was. It's they were always quick to say, okay, he's he's two years younger than the average player in the league that he's currently playing in. But, you know, at some point you want your number one prospect to start to show signs that he's a number one prospect. And I really think he's turned a corner this year. <clears throat> he still doesn't have the raw power in game like uh, people were projecting him to have just by what they were seeing in batting practice. But a lot of extra base hits. He's starting to hit a lot of doubles. And... Um, you know, he's he's knocking on the door. He's he's. I don't think he's going to compete for a start a, a starting position job in spring, but I think that you're going to see him in a Rangers uniform uh, by late next summer. That would be fun. I think that's the case if Texas is not competitive next year. Uh, I think they're going to want to take their time a little bit, make sure they get that that season in worked in. But yeah, Tavares has been pretty encouraging, especially of late. He's hitting especially well um, here towards the end of the season. He's batting over three forty uh, over his last couple of games, last last ten games at least, which is uh, pretty nice. So you know, we talked a little bit about some of the old guys who were trying to keep their careers up and we're talking about some of the young guys who are on the up and up and and i think it's somewhere in between those two things that we are going to find the real truth to baseball right now you know the number one story in baseball most interesting thing going on in the baseball world uh and that's dick pills dick pills dick pills uh so several media outlets today and yesterday and i think the day before but i know yesterday's when i saw it been putting out stories mlb has had to issue um, like league-wide, I, I don't know what the word is here. Like a public Memo. service announcement, basically. Yeah. Did you did you get the email? Uh, which is that they really want the players to stop buying gas station dick pills because they're they're failing drug tests. And so we've had a couple of suspensions that are apparently related to guys taking all the what the horny goat weed and the extends, and they've got a billion of these things. I I need to go to some of the CD or gas stations around here. Uh, see if I can put together a little collection of them. Uh, apparently, those contain multiple substances, including traces of like anabolic steroids. Oh my god! Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, pretty clearly not. Well, they're one would hope they're performance enhancing at least a little bit uh, for something. Otherwise, we really are wasting a lot of money as a society. 
I, as I'm saying this, I'm getting a Roman commercial uh, for on my MLB.com, so that's fun. It's well-timed. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. I uh, wonder about what this will do for the popularity of dick pills. Um, is, the, is the general okay. public going to start buying them more? Yeah, I mean, I, I put out a thing about this. If they're good enough for Mike Trout, they're good enough for me. Yeah, I had someone response to it. It was like, wait a minute. I People buy those? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I know people who've bought them as gags. Um, but I don't think this is a thing that people uh, uh, generally talk about a whole ton. But maybe at least we'll start a conversation uh, nationally about the dangers of corny goat weed or, or whatever, man. I know we really haven't clung to this idea this season. But if we had, I would like to nominate dick pills for this week's actually good dick pills actually good yes hayden make it happen hayden make it happen put together a a card and we're gonna mail (laughs) an actually good card to uh uh, to woody who else hey hey that's it folks there it is right on the head oh might as well end on a high there oh yeah i think i think we're uh uh, much like what people should do with their after the dick pills, we're going to wrap it up. There you go. There we go. Uh, go Rangers, and go uh, Rangers. have a good night, Mike Solak. Peace out. Solak in peace.